1: This is Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge
0: on News Talk 770 Radio, Calgary's breaking news and conversation station. Off the top of this hour, though, I want to talk about e-cigarettes, which, look, there's been a lot of discussion, a lot of controversy around e-cigarettes, how best to regulate these. I think certainly from a harm reduction perspective, uh, there's a lot of potential in e-cigarettes. In fact, if we could take every smoker today get them off of cigarettes and onto e-cigarettes tomorrow, we would see a huge and immediate uh, impact, a positive impact on public health. Part of the problem is we're treating e-cigarettes like cigarettes as opposed to providing some incentive to smokers to making the switch. But it is a real patchwork right across the country And when it comes to vaping laws, the Canadian Constitution Foundation uh, with a new report today, uh, looking at some of the problems of this approach and what we see across the country. Joining us on the line is Derek Frum, who's a staff lawyer with the Canadian Constitution Foundation. Derek, thanks for joining us here today. You're welcome, Rob. All right. Well, people can read this for themselves uh, at uh, the website, theccf.ca. But give us kind of an overview here. You're you're looking at what's on the books uh, across the country.
1: That's correct. So one of the things that we do as a charitable organization is we uh, are tasked with educating the public about law and laws in Canada and their constitutional rights. And so this vaping issue is an enormous one because, one, it's uh, kind of an emerging area. Legislators don't know yet how to deal with this. Lawmakers everywhere are basically confused, including all throughout Canada. And then the second side of it is... There's a very basic principle here, and it's, it's a constitutional principle, and that has been recognized by the Supreme Court of Canada on occasion, and that is that people who are addicted to a substance have a constitutional right, a protected right, to be able to acquire a less harmful way to satisfy their addiction. So this is compulsive behavior that people should be able to access something that's not going to destroy their health when they're meeting it. And so this has been recognized by the Supreme Court, and it just turns out vaping is a perfect example of this. And it seems like throughout the country, uh, as lawmakers have struggled to deal with this new emerging technology and not understanding what it is, that what they've done is inadvertently violated the Constitution. And so we took a pretty critical look at laws from across the nation,
0: now, it's interesting because I think there's a void here where the federal government hasn't really approached this at all. And it's it's left it to provinces and cities to, I guess, come up with their own approach. So what do we see across the country? It's a bit of a patchwork.
1: It is a patchwork. So yes, the federal government up to this date hasn't done anything. Now, they are bringing in legislation as we speak. It was... Uh, introduced last fall and passed first reading in November, second reading in December, and I believe it's in committee now. It is not yet in effect, but the federal government is seeking to fill the void under their criminal law power, which is an interesting topic in itself. But typically, everyone knows that health and education, those types of things are delegated Uh, to the provinces. And this historically has been considered a health issue, you know, dealing with health problems. And so the provinces have been legislating on this. So a number of provinces do have legislation in place. British Columbia does, Saskatchewan does, Manitoba, and a number of provinces, uh, no, sorry, Saskatchewan doesn't, but a number of provinces east of there. But now, Alberta, because of this void within our province, a number of municipalities, again, not knowing what to do with this unknown technology, have stepped in and tried to fill the void themselves. So Canada is a real patchwork. Provinces like Alberta and Saskatchewan, there are municipal laws. And provinces like BC, Ontario, Quebec, there are provincial laws. And in the meantime, the feds are looking to enact legislation that will... Basically override all legislation throughout Canada, and will be considered criminal law.
0: Now, just to be clear, no, nowhere in Canada, no jurisdiction has banned e-cigarettes. Correct?
1: Well, that's that's my understanding, and the, all the legislation that we looked at, there's no ban. But you know, it comes pretty close to that at times. It, effectively, what it does is it makes makes using an e-cigarette so difficult that it effectively makes it hard. To use e cigarettes and this is, this is particularly problematic, and I think there's a reason for this uh, you you touched on harm reduction at the beginning of this piece, and I think that 's really the key for unlocking int- everything that 's going on here in Canada there's really a battle between two competing mindsets there is an old uh, abstinence only based mindset that says you know, we must, we must punish sin every place we see it. No one should smoke. No one should vape. They should just all quit right now. Mm-hmm. And then there's this other point of view, which, again, the medical community, for the most part, endorses. Maybe not on the vaping issue per se, but in other ways. And uh, UK public health endorses. And addiction experts also endorse. It's called harm reduction. And this has been recognized by the Supreme Court. This is the competing mindset, opposed to abstinence only. What it does is it recognizes that people who are addicted to a substance, addicted, they cannot stop on their own. What they can do is if they can access something that is less harmful for them, it is a good thing. And so as legislators across this country have been scrambling to deal with this this e-cigarette phenomenon, they've been mistakenly treating e-cigarettes as if they are tobacco cigarettes. And frankly, nothing could be further from the truth. Tobacco is deadly and lethal when smoked. People die. 40,000 Canadians will die this year. It will cost us $17 billion in health care costs. This would all almost go away overnight if all these people switched to vaping, if all the smokers in this country switched to vaping. Vaping has been recognized by, over and over again, including by UK Public Health, as being 95%, 95% less harmful than smoking tobacco. Now, it's important. The abstinence-only crowd hears that and they say, well, it's not, it's not 100% uh, harmless. Right. Well, we can't endorse something that you know, is 5% harmful. But really, you have to look at it this way. If you treat the two things as the same, Vaping is actually less effective at getting nicotine into your body. So a smoker who is, is hit with this abstinence-only message will continue to smoke because they are addicted. This is not a, a choice that they're freely making, for the most part, on their own. They aren't an addict. And what the governments across this nation should be doing is viewing this, is viewing vaping as an opportunity, a health, public health opportunity of unknown previously unknown proportions we can save lives we can save billions of dollars and we can make canada a a much better place if we find a way to get these smokers to vape instead and so by treating the two as if they're the same what governments are accidentally and frankly ignorantly doing is inadvertently making smokers remain smokers instead of switching to vaping and that's exactly what harm reduction steps in and says, look, governments can't do that. The Constitution says you have a right under Section 7 of the Charter of Rights and Freedoms to solve your own medical problems. And particularly, if, those, if the solutions you choose are going to harm you a whole lot less, the government can't force you to take the more harmful behaviour.
0: Right. And this is an important point because uh, you alluded earlier to the Charter, the Charter of Rights and Freedoms, Section 7. And we've seen a few cases go all the way to the Supreme Court of Canada regarding Section 7. Certainly the Insight case dealt with harm reduction and the the Charter rights in Section 7. So why is that relevant here?
1: Well, it's relevant here because the Insight case, for for those uh, listeners that don't remember it, it was a case that came out of B.C. It was a safe injection clinic. And the idea there was that uh, illicit drug users don't die as often if they are under the supervision of, of uh, medical professionals in the Insight Clinic. So this clinic, a safe injection clinic, which strangely, I guess, will be in the news again yes. because of the fentanyl crisis. But the Supreme Court said, look, this is, there's clear evidence that people who are addicted to these illicit drugs, they're going to do them no matter what. What if whether or not there's a clinic here, the people who are addicted will will be harmed and will die. They risk their life, and they risk their liberty if they go off and inject on the streets. So at least let's provide them a safe environment where they won't die. And so this is a harm reduction approach, and this is uh, it's difficult if your mindset. It's difficult to understand this if your mindset is based in this abstinence only mindset. And you know as a as a person who is, uh, you know, uh, I would say humanitarian and wants to see the best for my fellow man, it was hard for me to start thinking this way because I, too, have the inclination, my own self, to, you know, we need to punish sin. We need to make sure that no one does illegal drugs. But the fact is, there are people that can't quit. And let's do the kind thing. And, you know, it just turns out that treating addicts with harm reduction tends to cost the public purse less money so it actually does benefit me it's just it's hard for me to understand it this way but the supreme court recognized harm reduction as a principle in the insight case that was constitutionally protected now everyone knows that injecting heroin is bad for you that is just without question everyone knows that smoking cigarettes is bad for you they're lethal. There's no there's no one in the public that is you know in Canada today that doesn't know this, even before they start smoking. But what vaping is is less harmful. This is even more powerful an argument than what won the day at the Supreme Court in the Insight decision. Here, instead of instead of uh, juxtaposing injecting heroin on the street versus injecting heroin under uh, medical uh, medical staff supervision, what we have here. Is you are either going to smoke a habit we know that's going to kill you or you can take up vaping and it's 95% less harmful. And in fact, it costs you a whole lot less money as well. And it'll save the public purse an enormous amount in health care costs. So there's a very powerful harm reduction argument to be made on behalf of vapors uh, and, and vape shops and e-cigarette technology based upon the Supreme Court's uh, Section 7 jurisprudence.
0: Which is interesting. Now, in terms of recommendations here, because I think Canada is not alone in struggling to, to figure this out. And I think even in the United States, maybe a lot of jurisdictions are making some of the same mistakes that we are. So so where should we be taking our cues from? Where do we need to, to go on this? Well,
1: the UK has uh, done a lot of research on this. They are the, the leading governmental health body in the world on this issue. And they've been very clear. Last uh, summer, so I think now 18 months, a little bit more than that, ago, they issued a report, an exhaustive report of all the literature that they could uh, gain access to at the time and analyzed it. And their findings were that vaping is, in a quote from them, a public health care opportunity. In fact, they called it a great public health care opportunity. And this is something that could save lives. And they also said vaping is 95% less harmful. That statistics I've been throwing out has actually been from the UK government. And, you know, what, what the, what's important here is that uh, we should be looking to the UK as we develop our rules. And the UK, they, uh, they have some things that uh, they, their, their practice is much better than ours. So our federal government, for instance, the legislation that's not yet enforced, but will be soon, will do, we'll do some pretty draconian things. One of them, for instance, is that if you are a purveyor or a seller of uh, e-cigarette products, you will not be allowed to provide your customers, your purchasers, anyone in your store, with any sort of information that compares the health or the harm reduction benefits of vaping and smoking. And so this is this is a law, uh, just to explain that again, because this is really unbelievable to me. The federal government is going to actually restrict Canadians' access to scientific information. So there's a public health body in the UK that issued a report last summer that said vaping is 95% less harmful than smoking. It can save your life. You should switch to vaping. Well, our own government is posed to prevent Canadians from gaining access to that information in vape shops this is a clear violation of freedom of expression. And it's just shocking to me that we could do that. So one of the things that we could do in this country is make sure that we give smokers accurate information about the health benefits. And you know, I'm sure there's lots of people listening right now that are extremely polarized on this issue. I'm not a smoker, I've never smoked, I've never vaped. I have no interest in this other than seeing my fellow man not die from an addiction that will kill them. And so I wanna see accurate information put out there. And so by treating, and this is, this is a criticism of governments all throughout Canada, we didn't find one that got this right. And as, as our legislators have struggled to deal with this new emerging technology, they've treated it as if it is smoking tobacco. Cause you know, if you, if you walk down the street and you see a cigarette smoker, well, what do you see from a distance? You see a big cloud of smoke, and you might smell something. Well, if you see a vapor from a distance, the only real difference that you'll notice is that they're not smoking a, a cigarette. They're you know, sucking on some sort of an electronic device. Well, you know, that's the the sort of problem that our legislators have had to deal with. They don't know what these things are. They don't know they're 95% less harmful. They don't know the great public health care opportunity that this presents. So in their legislation, they treat it as if. It is tobacco. Now, the problem with that is that it misleads the public. It's particularly pernicious when your government actually tells you tacitly or or implies that vaping is as harmful as smoking cigarettes is. Nothing could be further from the truth. Is vaping completely without risk? No, but that's not the standard that we're going for here. That's abstinence-only based thinking. We need to be thinking of this as harm reduction. Vaping is less harmful. Our legislators need to start thinking of vaping as distinct from tobacco, if they want to legislate about, uh, regarding vaping, they need to find ways that treat it distinctly from tobacco and then also comply with what the Supreme Court has said about harm, harm reduction and the Charter. Indeed.
0: Well, fascinating study. Again, people can read it for themselves at theccf.ca. Derek, thanks so much for joining us here today. Really appreciate this. Thank you, Rob. All right, take care. Derek from Staff Lawyer with the Canadian Constitution Foundation, theccf.ca. So they say e-cigarettes should not be regulated like medicine or tobacco, but that should be an evidence-based regulatory model specific to e-cigarettes. The government should not restrict flavors on the market, should even allow youth to purchase e-cigarettes with explicit permission of a parent, guardian, or doctor. Vape shop owners should be able to work with customers to explain, test, and sell e-cigarettes. Vaping should not be prohibited by law in public places or workplaces. And the government should not restrict communication about the harm reduction advantages of e-cigarettes for current smokers. All right, 403-974-8255 is a number. We are back with more right after this.
1: Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge,
0: starting at 1230 on News Talk
1: 770 Calgary.